Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back to the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix, and we have a good podcast for you today. Scott Brooks, the head coach of the Washington Wizards, he joins us live from the Las Vegas Summer League. We talked to Scott about the Wizards' offseason, not landing Kevin Durant, and how he sees the development of John Wall. That's next on the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Yahoo Sports presents the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Powered by digital media. Find your voice. And now, your host, Chris Mannix. Welcome back. Another episode of the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. We are here at the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Uh, Summer League in full swing. The last uh, chance for some of these young players to make an impression on executives here. And joined by a friend of the podcast, a two-time podcast appearer, uh, Scott Brooks of the uh, now Washington Wizards. What's up, Scotty? Not much. It's just an honor to be in your presence. See, now the sarcasm, <laughs> I was going to let it go, but my intro earlier was if you're looking for who to blame in Washington for Kevin Durant not being a wizard, oh, he's right here. Man. Scott you Brooks, go, the head coach oh, of the Washington hard. Wizards. Oh, man, I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good. I I'm love good. Did, Summer League. I, mean, I got to ask you, did you, everyone kind of focused on what was going to happen this offseason with Wizards, and, and every Wizard fan really believed, and they believed before you even came there, that they'd have a shot at at least Kevin meeting with them. Did it surprise you at all that this is the path, not where he went, but how he went through the interview process? You know, Chris, I love Summerlee. Can we just talk about Summerlee? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, I've said, you know, the last uh, week or so, every player has that right to be a free agent. They earn that right. Their contract expires and they have choices to make, and Kevin has... uh, has been terrific with me over the years, and you know, I feel like I've done a, a good job of getting him to a place where he's at. Uh, but I have a lot of respect for him. You know, if he, well, I would have loved to be in front of him and, and give him an opportunity to listen to 
what we have to offer. Uh, coming home in his hometown, I mean, he's, but he had that choice. That, uh, you know, I, I'm happy that he's happy, and he, he made a choice that was best for him. You know, the free agents thing with us, you know, we have, we had a lot of flexibility this summer, and we, I thought Ernie did a great job of picking up a lot of key pieces. The one thing that, that became pretty clear to me last season was that going home, some guys don't want to go home. They just don't want to yes. play in front of their fans. And it struck me that Kevin was that type of guy. You coached him for so many years. Did, did you ever get that impression coaching him that, you know, not necessarily an organization, but being back in the area where he grew up wasn't necessarily the most comfortable thing for him? Yeah, you know, there's definitely pressures and distractions, but I've always felt that it was good distractions. I was... You know, fortunate enough to play over a decade in the league, and whenever I went to play uh, the California teams, it was home for me. Uh, but those are good. You got you're talking about family, and you're talking about people that you know love and supported you out the years, throughout the years. But you know, with KD, you know, he made the decision. He wanted to to do what was best for him, and he did it. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, the thing is. The league has done so well. The players and the league has done so well. It changed the whole dynamics with the new TV money coming in. So just about every team had money to offer a max player. And, you know, three or four years ago, there's certain teams were setting themselves up for that. And, you know, we were one of them. But as it turned out, there's a lot of money that was out there and a lot of players um, was able to get it. If you were a free agent right now in your best year at the NBA... What kind of contract would Scott Brooks get in this year's market? It would have been a make good non guarantee minimum. No, no <laughs> Every year way. I was like that. No way. I got They're- lucky. Actually, I got lucky a few years. I, was, I, I got guarantee money. And I mean, backup point guards are making. This is what I'm saying. Backup, they're making anywhere from $5 million to $10 million. I'm not saying I was uh, that type of player, but hey. Coaches weren't making a lot of money back then either, so I'm not complaining. It's just the way it is, and, you know, coaches are making a lot more money now. Could have bought a bigger house in Newport Beach I know, back in those days. A, could have been on the beach, I right? mean, could have actually been. <laughs> I mean, you probably claimed to be I on the beach be on when the you're beach. like. I don't have to drive to get to the beach. Do, do you tell people you're on the beach when you actually have to drive? Are you one of those people? Uh, I tell them, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> you, you take the job in Washington. You've had, you know, a little while to let that kind of sink in and, and address it. Now you, you, you go to the city. What is your first impressions of you know, being in the city, being part of this organization? It's a great city. Uh, you know, it's one of my favorite cities as a player and as coach to stop and, and play a game there. But now I have a chance to, to live there. I've been there for two months. I've spent a lot of time walking the city and just enjoying the people. It's a big-time sports town. They love their sports teams. I've been to a couple of the games already, baseball and the hockey team, and looking forward to getting to really know the city. It's a magical place. It's the most powerful city in the world. And I always, I pinch myself and I do, I, I, I make sure I get out and walk the city every day and I look to my right, there's the White House. I look to my left, there's the, the monument. I walk to the memorial, Lincoln Memorial, Martin Luther King uh, Memorial. There's just so much there to do. My family loves it. I'm looking forward to really being a part of the community. Have you taken the White House tour? I did in 1994 after we won a championship. <laughs> it's a little different now. I mean, there's 20, 22 years have passed. There might have yeah. been some updates. I would, I would love to go Wi-Fi. back again. I would love to get yeah, Wi-Fi. Uh, love to go back again. It's, uh, I mean, like I said, it's a great city. I'm looking forward to getting to know it better. So you could have said something like, "I refuse to go back until we win a championship. Then they will have us back." I like to go back this summer. <laughs> is there, um, is there a camaraderie? 
amongst coaches from other sports in that respective town. Now, Oklahoma City was more of a, a one-team type of town. You didn't necessarily have that. But now yes. that you're in Washington, you've got the major sports in and around that area. Is there a camaraderie amongst head coaches in other sports? I, I think so. You know, I haven't had a chance to, to meet the coaches, but I love to spend some time and, and pick their brains and see what I can transfer over to, to our team and how we do things. And there's so many ways to do it in football, baseball, hockey. They, they do some great things just from a, you know, a technical standpoint or a, the medical standpoint, training. You know, you can always learn, but I, I think uh, we have that uh, in Washington, D.C. You know, even in Oklahoma City, we didn't have other sports, t uh, pro sports team, but we had great college teams. I had a chance to spend time with uh, OU and OSU coaches, and, you know, it's, you, always, you always learn. Which some you learn from OU OSU coaches? Some one thing big I learned. Time uh, one thing I learned. There's a big rivalry. I've never experienced uh, that type of the Bedlam week, but it was it was a great time. It was great to be around him. Lon Kruger is a great coach. Uh, one thing I I learned just watching his practice how how thorough he is and how methodical he is with his approach, and he's very consistent. I've been to a couple of them, and he was really at a high high level. We talked the last time you were on the podcast, which was, you know, you were a couple of months into um, the year uh, that you weren't coaching. But now that you look back on that full year, did you enjoy it? Did you wish you didn't have to go through it? I mean, how would you assess that one year off? Well, you know, I wish I, if I had it all over, I wouldn't have liked to have it. I, want, I felt that, you know, I was, had a pretty good situation where I was at, and I felt that we built a lot of good equity, and we can withstand, a, you know, a... A lot of injuries. We didn't have one. All five of our starters missed at least a month, and you know Kevin obviously missed like 55 games. And but we still battled. I'm proud of what we did. You know we won 45 games, tied for eighth, and we lost the playoff seed with the Pelicans, uh, the tiebreaker. But one of the things I realized uh, during the year off is that I love the game. I love to be around people that love the game and. The thing that I really admire and what we did with the group that I was able to coach during those years is the chemistry that we had. We had a unique group of players, dynamic, you know, Kevin, Russell, James, Jeff Green, all the great players that we've had in the program, Perk and Serge. The thing that I really appreciated, they gave us great effort and they got along and they, we had great chemistry. You can win a lot of games, but you're not going to win at a high level if you don't have chemistry. And that's the thing that always is misplaced with that team that we had. That chemistry, the, the love that they have for one another, I haven't seen it. Well, now I'm probably, I see it now with the Golden State Warriors and mm. you know, San Antonio has that. I mean, there's a handful of teams out there in league history that you look back on and if injuries didn't happen, if free agents didn't happen, if trades weren't forced to happen, that you wonder what if. It feels like that. The Oklahoma City teams you coached because of injury issues and, yeah. and other issues, trade issues, obviously, that involved James. You, you, you sit back and you wonder what could have been with that group. Do you do that at all and wonder? I know you try to look forward, and you've obviously you're a young guy, and you've got a big challenge in front of you in, in Washington. But, I mean, that team had the talent to be the kind of dynasty we expect Golden State to kind of be in the next couple yeah, of years. I mean, I agree. I probably would. You could probably say that we were Golden State before Golden State was Golden State. But I think um, with what we had, it's hard to get back. We had a young, dynamic, athletic, long, defensive-minded team that can score. And like I said, the chemistry that that group had is pretty remarkable because they all were 
trying to figure out how to play in the NBA, let alone play together in the NBA, but they, they did. And I give a lot of credit to, to the staff that we had there. And we really, we worked on it. It wasn't like a overnight success. We worked on getting along with one another. We put a lot of things together to make sure that that was uh, important. And, but I, I look back at you know, the what ifs, it's natural to do that. You know, we had unfortunate bad luck. You know, Russell injury the first playoff game. You know, the next year we get to the conference final, surge goes out. Uh, those are bad luck. And then the following year, everybody, we had five, I think five broken bones in one season and six seasons prior to that, I, don't, I think we had one. I think maybe Nick broke his finger or somebody. Uh, but that's part of the game. I hate that part of the game, but it is. But with that being said, we never made an excuse. I never did, and our team never did, which that makes me proud. Is there something over the last you know, 11 months or whatever it was that you were off, whether it was going to practices or just studying uh, the game, that you take with you as a head coach in Washington that maybe wasn't part of who you were in those last years in Oklahoma City? You know, I, I know as I was growing as a coach, I understood that the wear and tear on the bodies were important to really manage. And when we had such a young, dynamic team that we practiced, our practices were so much fun and intense and very competitive. But as I, as I grew as a coach, I understood that we have to be able, really efficient in what we do and, and figure out what's really important and then cut our practices down. And, you know, that's, the analytics tell you that. And the thing I didn't focus on, you know, minutes per game, I focused on, minutes per practice because you know if you can play a guy 36 minutes and cutting it down a minute but still practicing them for two and a half hours and still having an hour and 20 minute shoot arounds that minute is really nothing but i focus not, not on really cutting the minutes down i focus on cutting the practice and shoot arounds down i learned that and seeing some of the training camps i was fortunate enough that coach pop let me come for three or four days and i saw how he did it and there's a lot of similarities with our practice plans and how we did things but I really pinpointed that. His, his is really efficient. They weren't long. They were to the point. They were very competitive, and they moved on quickly. I mean, with that kind of young team that you have, though, I mean, speaking as someone that was let in after the practices were over, these guys were still going yeah. hard. I mean, how do you slow I've, them down? I've had probably many, many heated arguments or debates, we like to call it, <laughs> not arguments, with players over that. Uh, there would be, you know, we would have a scrimmage and, you know, every, a lot of teams do it at the end of the practice with scrimmage and I would cut scrimmage down because I know that this is never going to end. It's going to be, if you go win by two, it's never going to win by two. It's going to be one up, tied, one up, tied. It's like a, a long tennis match. Mm -hmm. And so I would cut it down and, you know, Russell, I mean, it was, didn't get physical, but it was, you know, no, practice is over. Get out of the gym. You are out, and but that's what makes good teams. You don't want players that say, oh, man, I can't wait for practice to be over. Oh, I, I wish we had a day off today. Uh, and that's the culture that we want to establish in Washington. Uh, they, have, they have a good foundation, but I want them to want to play every day and want to compete every day and don't skip the, the steps of being great. You're listening to The Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. And now a word from Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts out of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. 
Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all this on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com slash Mannix. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. It's the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. It's well-known Washington came after you pretty aggressively when they were allowed to. You are one of the first significant coaches to come off the market. I mean, obviously, money's a variable in all this, but when they came out to see you and they and they, they sort of pitched you in some ways and interviewed you, and what was, what was compelling about that meeting you had with the Washington uh, front office? Well, one, they came out and they really showed me their... That's just where you live, Scott. They they came out, like if you lived in in Newport Beach, if you lived in Wyoming, I don't know that they'd come there. That's a good point. I didn't, you know what, Chris, I didn't, you know what, you're missing my little. uh, True or false, they later checked into like the Hyatt. Did they check into the Hyatt for a few days afterwards? Nah, you know what, that's a good point. But back to my story, I love the fact that they came out and they showed me what they wanted to do as as an organization. And they have a good ownership, they have a great team, and we had a lot of flexibility and a great city. So those are the four important things that I wanted. I wanted to have a, a, a good ownership group. I wanted to have a relationship with my general manager, and you know it's been terrific the last two months. And we have good players. We got good, experienced, veteran players, and we had some uh, young players, and then we also have the flexibility to add players, which we did. I was having this conversation with J.B. Bickerstaff, who has experienced both ends of the family aspect of coaching, where he traveled with his father everywhere when Bernie was switching jobs all over the place and uh, does the same thing now with his family as he moves around the country. How much is that a variable for you with kids, with a wife, like that as you figure out where your next move is going to be? Well, every player and every coach needs a good family and, and, and a, a supportive family and an understanding family because we're on the road a lot. Uh, I have, my wife is, I adore her and what she's able to do with my family and my kids are awesome. My son's uh, going to be a sophomore at USC um, and my daughter's going to be a sophomore in high school and you know they understand that the my job takes me away quite a bit but we try to make up for it uh, in the summer and much as we can and during the season uh, but you know, one thing I love about Washington is that they don't talk family they are family and you know we we make sure that's uh, important to our players and our staff that family is always important and we need a good balance basketball is a great game it's a great way to to make a living but when it's all said and done, you want to have a, a good relationship with your family, and you know I understand that. So, at what point did your family say it's time to get out of the house? Well, you know, the we love having I you. Got, re- the day yeah. after I got fired, they were like, "Okay, this is not going to work." My wife was like, "No, we got we got to find something for you to do. Go for a walk, walk the dog, work out again, go for a swim, go make to your the own beach. podcast, do exactly, <laughs> hang with Chris." <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to do that. No. Either any of them, actually, at that point. Uh, you, you've got a, a great point guard in John Wall. You come off coaching a great point guard in Russell Westbrook. Are there 
and Wall's an established point guard. He's been an all-star, but he's still a young guy, and there's still layers, I'm sure, of development to his game. As you're looking to bring out the best in him, do you hearken back to the things you did with Russell early on, or are they different? two different type of players? You know what? I'm really just now, the last couple of months, getting the chance to know John. And obviously, I, I love Russell and what he's about, and it feels like I've defended him for so many years that he was one of the best point guards, if not the best in the league. And it's kind of nice that I don't have to do that anymore because everybody also acknowledged that he is one of the best point guards in the league. Uh, but a great competitor, really a serious worker. And, and the thing that I noticed in John, a lot of the same similarities. He loves the game. Uh, for instance, we, we had a, a draft workout about three weeks ago in D.C. and we brought in six players. I knew not one player out of the six players and I was with John he not only knew where they were from he knew their their stats he knew their tendencies they knew their background he knew their high school their AAU he knew them all and I'm, I'm like I'm looking at him like you need to get alive don't you do anything other than watch you know uh, basketball throughout the day but he loves the game and and two three things I noticed he loves the game he has a big time skill set and he's very competitive and if you have that along with the good character he, there's a reason why he's a three-time All-Star at such a young age. But he, he definitely has a big upside, and I'm looking forward to maximizing that. Yeah, and, and one of the things I've, I've written and said is that a guy like you doesn't get enough credit for the player development side of coaching. I mean, Oklahoma City has had a lot of, of elite young players, a lot of them, not just the three guys in Harden, Durant, and Westbrook, but Ibaka, not highly drafted, Reggie Jackson, even Steven Adams the year that you – you had him there. These guys have all blossomed. I mean, how much do you relish the opportunity to get guys like Wall and Beal and Otto Porter and others uh, on that roster who well, you have an opportunity to shape? I'm looking forward to that. You know, I'm, I, I, I love developing players. I love developing teams. And, and whether I get enough credit or not, that never really was a bother with me. I've, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of great coaches and learn from that. The players deserve the credit. You know, I was fortunate enough to play in the NBA, and the sunshine was great while I was a player, and I, I believe that, that that should always go to the players. But with that being said, I understand what we did as a staff, and I understand what we need to do as a staff going forward with Washington, and I'm looking forward to that. You have to – one of the things I've learned that when, when you're dealing with young players, you can't always talk about them being young. You have to treat them as NBA players. And we have a bunch of young players on our team now. Kelly Oubre is only 20. Otto Porter's 23. Bradley Bill's only 23. John's Wall's 25. But I've all, I'm going to tell them, I've already told them, I'm going to continue to tell them, we're Washington Wizards, and I don't care how old you are. The competitive spirit that you have to display night in and night out is going to get you playing time. It's going to get our team to the level we need to get to. Did you get a lot of that sunshine as a player? You know what? I seem to forget the NBA and NBC commercials where it was like, Akeem Olajuwon, <laughs> Scott Brooks, it's the NBA on NBC. You know what? I, I, say it, I say it all the time. You know, we had a lot of bad coaches in the league because none of them voted me as an all-star in 11 years. Travesty. It is. You know, it's one of the mysteries of the league that we're all trying to figure it out. But, you know, you know going back with Olajuwon, it's kind of it's remarkable that the game – Nowadays, you it's, you forget about how great the players were, and I'm sure every generation is the same way. There's been a lot of great basketball players in this league, and I don't know 
I don't think we do a good enough job of acknowledging them and, and keeping them in the forefront. But there's a lot of great players, and I was fortunate enough to play with a lot myself. Did you ever get into it with Elijah one? You, you were a scrappy guy. You I were a feisty guy. You know what? I was a smart guy. I was. Well, I'm I was, just using adjectives we use to describe these six foot white point guards. Yeah, but you know, that, uh, you know, scrappy. Scrappy is one that is. I mean, I was reckless with my body, and I threw it out there every night. I gave everything I had, but I was also smart. I knew who to who to get along with, and I knew Hakeem was going to get me open shots. And no matter what you feel as a player, you could say you're a defensive player, every player wants to score. Uh, and I knew if I give Hakeem the ball, I was going to get an opportunity to score. But a great teammate. I'm thankful to uh, spend three years with him. Who was the best teammate that you ever had as a player? You know, there's so many. I, there's so many. Barkley, you know, Maurice Cheeks, uh, Hersey Hawkins, who just, you know, walked by. And Barkley, a great teammate? Great teammate. Great teammate. Crazy. Great. You know, a lot of great stories that I'm not going to get into. Could you imagine if there was social I'm media? married. <laughs> now? He is great. If there was social media, oh my God, he would have been killed. He would have, he would have, I mean, he was, but you know what? One thing about Charles, every single teammate of his loved him. He was hard on all of us because he was demanding. He wanted to win and he took it, he took it personal if we didn't win and he wanted you to be successful, but he challenged you to be successful. Are the expectations on what players are, are they too high right now? Because you, Barkley was, was out of his mind back in those days. Yeah. I mean, you know, even Jordan with his gambling. And guys did stuff that if they did it in today's day and age, you know, they would be getting killed on a consistent basis. Nowadays, it feels like we expect players to almost be robots to the point where if LeBron slips up, if... Uh, Kevin Durant slips up. If Russell Westbrook slips up, it's it's a bigger story than really it should be. I think. I I, I think it, it definitely is too far over the top, but that's the world we live in. You know, it's, it's social media has been great. You know, you can stay connected with your family, but you can abuse it, and it can be abused. And and a lot of the hate out there is out of control, and we have to figure out how to to manage that as a as a coach or as a player. And you know, but it's it's it's. You know, it's, sometimes it's dangerous, and, you know, when it's all said and done, it's a game of basketball, and, and, you know, you're dealing with people, and the motions are sometimes out of control, but it's something you, we have to deal with, and we have to be able to um, overcome all of it right now. Do you have a secret Twitter account? I don't, but I do have a secret Instagram account just to stay connected with my, my family, and the crazy thing is that my daughter stills steals my phone and hacks it and she puts some crazy stuff out there and the crazy thing is people really think I'm putting them and then what's crazy is she writes a caption like she acknowledges that what, what she actually did but everybody thinks I did it but I, I actually love it and I, I sometimes I look forward to opening it up in the morning we might need people listening to the podcast to create the Scott Brooks fake account like there's a fake coach pop out yeah. there uh, what's it called a fistogram is that a fist? Is that a thing? I don't yeah, know. That's like the fake Instagram. Oh, okay. But a fake like Twitter account, like Scotty B one two three, like with a picture of you, like mid nineteen nineties <laughs> Rockets, like glaring yeah, somewhere towards something. I don't know. Uh, we'll get on that at some point. Um, you've you've got a team now that is really talented with its young players. You played one style in Oklahoma City that was conducive to having two kind of ball dominating players in Durant and Westbrook. Now you've got two guards that are built to play sort of at high-octane speeds. Have you thought at all about what your system is going to look like as you head into next year? Well, yes. I mean, I, I love the our ability to create for one another. 
Uh, I think as a coach, you figure out what your team's strengths and weaknesses are, and you try to shore them up and improve, improve them along the way. But you have to put them in the best position to win. Uh, I like what we have. Uh, we have guys that can score the basketball. We have a, a lot of two-way players. And, and the, the way the game has evolved, that you need that. You need two-way players at all positions, and we have that. We have with Gortat and Jan and, and Nicholson and Jason Smith bigs and Markeith Morris bigs, that five bigs that really can score the ball. They can, um, they can defend. Uh, they're, they're very skilled. And then we have the dynamic backcourt, and, and we have some really good backup players and, that we traded for and signed in free agency. I think we, we want to play fast. Uh, we want to play different styles, and we, we want to be able to put out a bigger lineup out there. We want to be able to play a smaller line out, out there because if you play in the playoffs, you have to be able to do that and, and to have success. And, but I like our ability to mix and match different lineups. There are core principles that, that you obviously adhere to defensively, especially those Oklahoma City teams consistently ranked among the top defensive teams in the NBA. But offensively, do you, do you reinvent yourself in some ways as a head coach with this roster? How do you approach the offensive side? Yeah, you know, one of the things that our, our players in Oklahoma didn't get enough credit, or my staff, you know, we were in the last, I think, five or six years, we were the top three or four offensive teams uh, in the league, but we never, you know, we never really got enough credit for that. But I think with um, going forward, we have ability to be a really, really good offensive team. John Wall and Bradley Bill are big-time scorers, and they can help their team score. And, but we still want to be known as a defensive team that, that can score and not, a, not an offensive team that only wants to score or only wants to defend when it scores, and there's a big difference between that. And, but I, I like their wings. I like our bigs. I, I like our team. I'm excited. I think Ernie's put a great team together. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, you know, obviously, um, the free agency gave this, this this opportunity to add a lot of good pieces. What have you been told about Bradley Beal and, and the leg issues? Because he came out and said something last season that scared a lot of people where he said, yeah. maybe I'll be on a minutes restriction for the rest of my career for a 22-year-old at the time. To say something like that certainly uh, was it resonated with a lot of people out there. What do you know about his health and, and how you have to treat him kind of going forward? Yeah, I mean, I was just with him this morning and watched his workout in, in Las Vegas. And he said he's, this is the best he's felt in any of the off seasons he's been. You know, he's 23 years old and, he, and he's going to his fifth year. It's just really pretty incredible. And you, your body as a young player you have to go through a lot, and it's it's a it's a shock to the system. Every every young player has to go through that. You have to be able to manage uh, their workload. I think um, going forward, the staff that we have together, we understand that the analytics on the medical side is important. You know the workloads, uh, the things that we have to you know try to prevent injuries from happening is going to be very important for myself. And that's one of the things that I, I wanted to improve on this summer, and I think that. I, we have a good game plan going forward. Do you set goals for your team this year? Are you the type of coach that says, all right, you know, we want to be at X wins or yeah. X playoff position? How do you treat that? No, I've never done that. I've always had, you know, we've had a, a few goals that we want. We want, to, you know, we want to make sure we have 82 games and we give our best effort. And that's easy said than done. And to me, that's a big-time skill. It's play-hard skill. And 
a lot of people don't look at it that way. They think, you, you know, you, you're supposed to play hard, and you are. And players get paid very, very well to play hard. But, you know, when you got, you know, back-to-back, four and five, seven and 11 nights, it's hard. But that's why you need a good team, and you need a well-rounded team to, to help each other manage a, a tough, rigorous uh, NBA season. And But a number of games, you know, we have – I'm just going to focus on playing well and, and playing for one another for 82 nights. Before I let you go, the last thing the Wizards need to be thinking about is, you know, what go, is going on in Golden State right now, the team yes. they built. That's a Western Conference team, and you guys are trying to take strides to get into the playoffs. But as a basketball coach, as, as a fan, I mean, what did you think when that basketball Voltron, I guess, was formed? Yes, I, the- I'm a fan of the game. I, Chris, I love the game. I've been a fan since, you know, mid-'70s. And I followed it every day. I read about it. I re- re- follow all the box scores. I'm actually I'm excited to see how that team plays. Box scores, really? Uh, yeah. You gotta no. Date yeah. yourself there yeah, with the old no, box, box scores. scores. You're right. That is dated on. But you know it, that team on paper is going to be arguably one of the best teams in the history of the game. You know, will they win more than 73 games like they did last year? Don't know, but that team's almost nearly impossible to stop. Uh, they, they're very dynamic. They're unselfish. Uh, they can switch on every screen defensively. And the, the thing that they don't, they don't know because they haven't been around him, Kevin is an amazing teammate. And the person that he is is as, if not better, than the player that he is. But is it good for the game to see so many stars cluster you know, the thing that the nowadays with the, the world is so small with the social media and the, the internet and to be able to connect with one another, there were super teams, and now they have great, you know, terms now. We never never knew the super team. The Lakers were a super team. Worthy, Jabbar, uh, Magic, Cooper, uh, Byron Scott, you know, the Sixers, Malone, Julius, Cheeks, Tony. There's a lot of great teams. I don't even want to talk about your Celtics, but... You know, they had Olajuwon, Drexler, Brooks. Yeah, well, we were, that, was the, that was the fourth team I was going to mention, <laughs> Houston. Clearly. Uh, but, you know, they, they've always been around. You know, they don't, it doesn't guarantee a championship, but it puts you in a pretty good position to, to get one. Did it surprise Let's you? Let's go back to the Olajuwon. Olajuwon, Drexler. Smith, Brooks, Brooks, Maxwell. Brooks. It was like a poster out there somewhere yeah, of yeah. the, like the three of those I, guys. Hey, you, I deserve 12th man of the year. <laughs> did you, like... I mean, did you photobomb back in those days? Like, when there's, like, a photo shoot for those guys, sort of stick your head in there and be like... Yeah, when Akeem got the MVP trophy, I made sure I was next to him because I know <laughs> I was going to be on every every telecast the next, that night. Just lastly, I mean, knowing what kind of guy Kevin is, um, did it surprise you that he went that route and went, joined forces with a team that was as great as they were? Um, I mean, he earned that right. You know, he earned... I have a lot of respect for him, like I said earlier. And that will never change. I mean, he, he, he gave me and my family a great seven years as a head coach uh, for him. And, you know, I have a lot of respect. And he earned that right to be a free agent. You know, players earn that right. And they were able to become free agents from the history of the, the game. Players get traded. Players get cut. That they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be traded. They don't want to be cut. Players move. Coaches, I mean, coaches get fired. I didn't want to get fired, but I got fired. You deal with it, you move on, and that's the way it is. I had a lot of respect for Oklahoma City Thunder, and you know, I'm sure Kevin feels the same way, but it's part of the game. Scotty, we appreciate it. You're a uh, 
two-time podcast guest here on the Vertical Podcast. We appreciate you stopping by. Welcome to the East Coast, man. You're now... I appreciate you have to it. change, you know. I not, appreciate not, it. A third time will be my best, I promise. Third Give me time, one more yes. Shot. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see how kind of start you get off to in Washington right. this year. Thank you, Scott. Sure. Right, thanks. Appreciate it, Chris. My thanks to my guest, Scott Brooks. If you want to download this podcast or any of my archived episodes, you can check them out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, really anywhere you can download podcasts. If you have time, give us a rating, leave a comment. You know we appreciate it here. Also, please check out the Vertical Podcast with J.J. Reddick and the Vertical Podcast with Woj, and I'll talk to you next week. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.